Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. So today we're going to continue the conversation on forgiveness and what it has looked like in my life to cultivate it and the lives of real women here at Sandals Church. I am joined today with Melody Workman, who you guys all know and love. And I didn't realize this, but we do have a first timer on the podcast, Becca Bogenwright. Um, Becca has been at Sandals how many years? Oh my gosh. 20... (gasps) Yeah, I mean, how many years has Sandals been? 23? Yeah, so probably 20 years. 20 maybe years, 21? I think so. Mm-hmm. And Becca is a worship leader here um, for so many years. Her, her husband, Andrew, is, um, what's his official title? Oh, that's funny. He's a men's? Uh, he's uh, officially the men's uh, marriage, men's, and finance pastor. Okay. Yeah. He has been a campus yes. pastor. He basically, Andrew is so good hearted. He does anything we ask yeah. him to do, yeah, which we love because he is loyal, trustworthy, mature, and he's so great. Both of you guys are. Um, but today I want to talk to you guys about the idea of cultivating forgiveness. You know, all month long, we're talking about what it's looked like in our actual lives of everyone teaching. So if you, if you're going through the study with us of, um, untangling forgiveness in a community of kindness and reading the book, forgiving what you can't forget. <laughs> I can't remember the book. <laughs> I almost called it forgiving when it hurts. I'm like, I don't think that's it. No. Nope. Um, then this is just going to parallel, but if not, um, hopefully these conversations will challenge you. Um, we talked in a few weeks ago with Melody, you were on about the idea of cultivating forgiveness is actually crucial to spiritual growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're doing the book study with us at not or not, or if it's past that time, I think these conversations are so important because I've learned in my own life that when I withhold forgiveness, it actually stunts and hurts me, not the other person. And so that's what I want to talk about. I'm going to ask you some questions today. I've already asked Melody these questions a couple weeks ago. So if you missed that, you can go back and hear her answer to that. But we're going to ask you some questions, Becca, and just have a conversation about what it looks like for us to untangle forgiveness. And then also the other side of that is to... um, how do we be good receivers of forgiveness when someone asks us? Because Mm. one of the places that I've shared in the past episodes of where I'm at is that I'm not sure that I feel like I've forgiven some people in my heart. I don't think I can confidently say that I'm ready to forgive some people who might ask me for forgiveness. And I want to work, I want to work towards that place. So Okay, Becca, you taught this season for us. Thank you so much. Becca yeah. teaches school full time. And so to come and do this 
for me also. And then you are on staff here though, right? I am. Yes. She is. yes. Yeah. So this is just an extra, like one more thing in, in addition to being a wife and a mom and a school teacher and a yeah. worship leader. It's a lot of things. So I'm super grateful that you take the time to come teach for Cultivate and this to speak into the women here. But in your teaching week, you said this. Healing can exist even if you're hurt indoors. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a powerful Mm -hmm. and true statement, but one that's hard to believe. You know what I mean? It's hard to believe for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like we can believe that for others. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. You know, one of the things that Lisa actually talks about in the first couple of chapters is this analogy that um, you may, if you were to get in a car accident, somebody hits you with their car, Mm -hmm. there's lasting effects you know, you may have gone through the process to like forgive and understand what happened. You know, that person was, you know, in a hurry. I can have mm-hmm. compassion for where that person was at and, and they made a mistake. And so I can let that go. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you don't walk with a limp mm-hmm. or you don't experience the nerve pain from the accident that mm-hmm. happened. And so I, I really, especially in my own story over this last year, have learned what it looks like to experience God's peace Mm-hmm. and God's healing, but still feel the hurt and the pain from, you know, something that happened. And I think that that is true in relationships as well, mm-hmm. you know, that um, we can experience God's healing. And uh, I love that Lisa says that, you know, forgiveness is both a decision and a process, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. the, I can make the decision to forgive. I can make the decision to pursue healing from God mm-hmm. and I can receive his peace. But my pain may still endure. Mm -hmm. And actually in that place of like, I still experience or I still feel hurt. It doesn't mean that there isn't healing in that place because God meets us actually in that Mm -hmm. hurt. He meets us in that pain. And, um, you know, for somebody that may struggle with something like, you know, depression, they can still have joy, Mm -hmm. but still experience moments or days where they feel down. Yeah. And so I think it's really easy for us as Christians to, or anybody like to say, well, I'm either happy or I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I'm either uh, healed or I'm broken. But I think that there's a really beautiful tension that can be managed there mm-hmm. where we can know the peace of God, mm-hmm. but still feel and experience maybe the hurt that happened from a trauma or Mm -hmm. a hurt Mm -hmm. relationship or a broken relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's so good. It reminds me of um, a conversation I once had with Kay Warren, Mm. um, who's a pastor's wife and she lost her son. um, And just the process that she went through of telling me, like, I thought I would always sit in this place of just sadness and wounding Mm -hmm. and anger and all the things that associated with that but then also like but what about my daughter getting married and my grandkids and and she said and she has a book that's called choose joy Mm -hmm. and she said where joy is found is when you see life is like two like a train on tracks like you're gripping each track simultaneously and one is the pain of life Mm -hmm. and the hardship and the other is the happiness and the celebration and they and your life parallel. goes along mm-hmm. yeah simultaneously and that is where joy is found yeah and then i i want to say it's jordan peterson but it might be someone else um but matt and i have been talking about this a lot lately that they're saying that the happy like all these studies are showing that the happiest people are the ones who actually are the most real about mm. realistic about yeah. life about mm-hmm. tragedy about what could happen and go wrong yeah. um 
and they're, they're more realistic. And there's, I'm going to mess this up so bad. I shouldn't <laughs> even say it, but there's this story of this um, POW, this prisoner of war for mm-hmm. years who was in a camp. Do you know the story I'm mm-hmm. talking about? And he was like tortured and counting the days. And he talked about how every day he would think about everything that could go wrong that day, all the abuse, all the torture, all the everything so that he was mentally prepared for it. And the people who didn't survive were the ones that every day were like, maybe this is the last day. We're getting out of here. Because it it built in him a mental um, resilience Hmm. that actually helped him to find the joy when it didn't, like when when the best came out. Um, But I think that that what, all that to say, I think what we are saying is it's both. And I think that the people that, grow the most, experience the most joy, um, can forgive the most, mm-hmm. are the ones that live in that simultaneous tension that you're saying yeah. to be managed. Yeah. That, I took a long time to get there, but that's, that's <laughs> no, what I mean. I'm sorry. No, the, the, the beauty of it is, is exactly what you're saying. It's this whole idea that these two things can coexist and mm-hmm. they will coexist because our world is mm-hmm. fundamentally broken. So if we don't sit in the space of recognizing that we will be offended, yes. <laughs> we will need to forgive, we will be hurt, but we can see the joy in forgiveness because it's it releases us to a place of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, it we've talked about this before. It aligns our hearts with Christ, where it deepens our connection to Christ because He meets us in that place. Yeah. He's like, I know what that feels like. Yes, yeah. you were actually awful. Yeah, <laughs> but I forgave you. <laughs> well, and alongside that, one of the things that that I think about in that space too is. You know, Isaiah says that God is a man of sorrows, that mm-hmm. he is acquainted with deepest grief. And so to accept or even in some, uh, in some ways embrace mm. sorrow as a part of life is to be closer aligned with the heart of God, to know him yep. because he sees all the hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and he weeps with his people. And um, so I just, I, I love that picture too, is to be closer, more closely aligned with the heart of God is to actually step into spaces. And this is really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to say like, oh, I want to sit in a place of sadness, mm-hmm. but there is actually something really godly about sitting in a place of sorrow for mm-hmm. a time mm-hmm. and allowing God to meet us in that place mm-hmm. because he knows sorrow himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when, when I've had those times in my life where I've had to sit in sorrow, I don't like it in the moment, but I know right. that I'm relying most on God mm-hmm. in those times. Yeah. Whereas when everything is wonderful and I'm happy, I'm very self-reliant. Completely. And so I think it's those spaces that we, we just, we, we remember to remember Mm-hmm. who God is, yeah. who we are, what he's done for us. You know, I, in, in talking about forgiveness, one of the things that I, I know that I've learned is, you know, it's, I, I, we've talked all the time on here about, it's one thing to study the scripture. It's another to like implement it, to cultivate it, right. to practice it. And for me, um, this particular scripture in this last year and a half for me has really come to, it's like, I don't just know this scripture in my head, but I know it in my heart because I've had to walk it out, but it's con- considered pure joy when you go through various trials mm-hmm. for the endurance test your faith and makes you strong. That's and you my read that verse and you're like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> Consider it but, joy. But, <laughs> you know, I, I have talked about, you know, just just my, my 
I don't want to say growth, but like my situation over the last couple of years. And, and the truth is several years of just carrying unforgiveness with me, carrying offense with me. Um, not offense, but offense. <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm like carrying offense. Like I'm not carrying offense. I'm well, like, maybe that's I similar. have a lot of offense. <laughs> feels like it. Um, and just being so angsty in it so much. But the truth is without some of the offending that's happened, I would not have grown in some ways I needed to grow. Yeah. yeah. And in this last season in particular, I can't, that, that's more true than ever for me is I, I've had to grow in being real with myself about things that I did that hurt other people. Mm. And, um, you know, I, we talked about this, um, with Donna when Donna was on of just like being mad at other people or offended by them or upset with them or withholding forgiveness from them for breaking boundaries that we didn't keep mm-hmm. ourselves, right. you know? Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. Right? Like yeah. I'm mad at you because you stepped all over these boundaries you didn't know I had it and I didn't keep. Yeah. But also giving ourselves permission to, um, and this is a one that's like nobody likes to hear, but to process that's our new word. Like we don't gossip as yeah. women. We, we process. Just, I just need to process with you. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I processed a bit too much mm. and with a bit too many people. Mm. And so it's really easy to see like what everyone else does, but I needed to see what I was doing that contributed to a lot of the, the angst in the situations. Oh, yeah. And I needed to grow in some ways that I don't know that I would have if it wasn't so harsh and, and, um, extreme. And I think that's a tension to manage of like, I didn't like being in that painful place. I don't like it even still, but I'm so, I have so much joy Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's a, a weird place. Okay. Becca, let me ask you this. When was a time in your life that you needed forgiveness and how did you go about seeking it? That I needed to forgive someone else? No, or that needed you to, needed to receive it. I needed to receive forgiveness. Um, pretty much every time <laughs> I have a conversation <laughs> with my husband and he tells me that my tone <laughs> makes it sound like I'm mad. It's uh, like, why do they always think we have a tone? <laughs> I know I have a tone. <laughs> I'm not even trying to. <laughs> trying to work on the tone. Um, a time that I needed to... Um, like, you know, like I blew it. There's no getting around it. I need forgiveness. Yeah. And then what were your next steps in that? This one is actually really heavy for me. Um, being a Enneagram one, I typically do most things the correct way. And, um, cause I do on them right. Mm, the first according time. According to mm-hmm. you. According to me. Of course. <laughs> I am an Enneagram coach. And so, correct. <laughs> so to recognize that I've done something wrong is mm-hmm. a really big deal. Yeah. Um, it speaks so much to just who I am as a person deep down inside of me. Yeah, it rattles your identity. That's, yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of one in me. And so to come to a place, and some of them are, some places are really, you know, lighthearted, like, yeah, you're right, uh, Andrew, I... I said that with a little too much tone. I apologize for that. I need forgiveness. Um, and some of them are a little bit, are a lot, a lot deeper. And, you know, one of the things that we've unpacked um, since we lost our 12 year old son mm-hmm. are some of the mistakes that we feel like we made as a parent or things that we could have done better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the, 
for, for, for so many parents, I know that everybody says like, yeah, I make, I make mistakes as a parent. Um, but what happens, or at least that I've seen, and that I've seen this with my own parents, with my own family is that child eventually grows up and hopefully the, you know, the good kind of outweighs the bad. And some of the things that we hang on to as parents, we, we remember, but our kid doesn't. And I believe that that's God's grace. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause my parents have said, Oh, I'm so sorry that that, that happened. And I'm like, I don't even remember. Yeah. And, um, and they have the opportunity to go, Oh good. It didn't, that totally didn't ruin my child. Mm-hmm. And instead my husband and I are just stuck in the place of, I made that mistake Mm. and I'm not going to see that it's okay, mom, on the other side of that. Mm. And so just being stuck in some of my mistakes Mm. and things that I was so ashamed of, Mm. what I needed to do was to experience the forgiveness of God in a way that I had never (laughs) experienced before Mm. because to be an Enneagram one, to think that you do most things right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if then, you don't, I mean, what's the point of even like your existence? Like Enneagram one is such a tricky it's place. It's so of, shameful. It's like, I, I, I would rather die than admit I did something wrong mm-hmm. because it feels the same. It, do, <laughs> it, yeah, it does. Like in, in our twisted, broken nature, mm-hmm. it feels mm. the same. It really, really does. And, um, you know, there, there's a verse that says that, you know, it's, better to have a millstone wrapped around someone's neck and thrown into the the water than to cause one of my young ones to stumble. And I felt that Mm. I felt that that's what I deserved. Mm. I was stuck in that place. And, uh, one night I had, um, texted our community group and I said, I need time tonight. I need to be the one that shares if that's okay with everybody else. And, um, and I, I poured out my heart and I wept and, in the middle of community to receive other people's forgiveness, but also Mm -hmm. to experience the forgiveness of God Mm -hmm. to say, this is my most shameful, embarrassing. How can I even speak the words? And God says, I wipe that all away Mm -hmm. and to receive and to know the forgiveness of God in a way that I had never, ever experienced before. Um, There's so much freedom on the other side Mm -hmm. of that. And I'm still working through some of those things, of course. Um, some of those things will, you know, come up for me. I'm like, man, I can't believe that, you know, I said that in that moment. Or, mm. you know, when when things got heated because parenting my son was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, he had a lot of trauma before we adopted him, and mm-hmm. it was just a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, where I just really struggled was the times where I wasn't the adult I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I stooped down to his level when I shouldn't have, or I said things that um, I look back and I'm like, man, what did that do to him? And um, and then to just keep coming back to this place of like, mm-hmm. I know the depths of my sin. Mm-hmm. And in the depths of my sin, I can know the depth of forgiveness yeah. from my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is an incredible, I mean, we have talked about throughout the weeks, there's something, some, some offenses that are little that we hang on to and some that are, are game changers. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're experience, you know, what you're sharing is that, you know, first of all, and you know, I would say this to you off air, but parenting is so tricky, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you and Andrew are some of the best parents that I know, you know, and you love well. And I just, and I know that you know this, 
but uh, you know you're going to ruminate on that because that's exactly what that enemy wants of for course, you you know and i think anyone listening that's such an important thing is and when your head you know when when our minds go so dark and you you've talked about the battle of the mind mm-hmm. you know your mind has been overruling with you with every one of the the dark things that yeah. you think you wish you know woulda coulda shoulda like yeah. i i have a million of those with my own kids yeah you know melody does too and like you said that perspective of hopefully one day yeah. hopefully one day i'll <laughs> be on the other side of that um but just, I'm just glad that you know that, but I want to say that to you, mm, you know, thank you. you loved so well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that in, in our sin, in, in our place that that's where the enemy is like, look at who you are. Yeah. And when you have a lot of the Enneagram one, the good person in you, it's, it's even more. I mean, yeah. when we do coachings for that, when Matt and I do coaching, it's like the internal voice of the one is never yeah. ending about everywhere you fall short. Which is why I need to get it out sometimes, yes. yeah. which is why I need safe people to say, Hey, I need, this is going on in my head yeah. and it's turning dark and I've got to take that dark space and I need to bring it yep. to the light. And I have just um, learned the practice of saying something out loud, mm-hmm. bring something to the light. And sometimes I'm just like, I, I just need you to listen because I just, I got to say it yeah. because I need to bring it out. I can't let the enemy mm-hmm. let that fester in the dark any longer. Well, that's why that verse in James I love so much about confess to God for forgiveness but to one another for wholeness and healing. healing. Because it is, like you said, like when you put this, like, here's my dark, ugly part, our fear in our mind and what the enemy wants us to believe is that if people really knew this about you, Mm -hmm. they would have nothing to do with you. And we believe that. And then the practice of doing that is, I don't think less about, it's not about getting forgiveness for one another because we've gotten that with God when we confess to him. Mm -hmm. But it's about saying like, no, you, you get to be flawed as a human and you're still loved. Yes. When you put your, you know, your heart out there and all, everything you're vulnerable about and no, the people that love you don't run and mm. instead they lean in, yeah. you know, it reminds you, I'm not who the enemy says I am. Yeah. I am who God says yeah. I am. Yeah. And these people are a manifestation of that, yeah. which is just so good. It's why community is so important. So yeah. important. And I love that for you. And I was going to say that you can't move away from the segment without highlighting what you said, which is you're working this out in community. Mm-hmm. And I think about people who are processing grief or processing being hurt, processing offense, and they're doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, isolation is a tool of the enemy. Yes. It's his plan of attack is to divide and conquer. And so as soon as we get away from that or detach from that, or we remove ourselves from it, we make ourselves susceptible to, to attack to the voice, mm-hmm. to the lies. Yeah. And so, you know, it took courage for you to even step into that space and say, I, I need to share this. Um, and, and that's what's beautiful about this whole thing we're talking about is it gives us a chance. Like we, we see all the time, like strong women, like it, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Yeah. This hard work is what it looks like. Absolutely. It looks like boldness. It looks like courage. It looks like bringing things out into the light. It looks like standing in a place of yeah. vulnerability. Yeah. It, it looks like owning and speaking the truth that God has spoken over us. That's what being a strong woman yeah. looks like. Being humble, not yes. having to be a bully. Yep. Yeah. Extending forgiveness, taking yeah. a posture of humility, um, sacrificing your right to be mad mm-hmm. in order to move into deeper places of love and connection. Mm -hmm. That's what strength looks like. Yeah. And so it's a chance, even as we're speaking this and the women listening to redefine 
what it looks like to be a strong woman. Mm -hmm. It's not just out there speaking your mind and cutting people down. Um, It's actually doing this hard, hard work that starts inside. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those are um, amazing, really foundational spiritual truths. And I, as a science person, also love that God just has crafted us so beautifully. You know, we talk about wholeness and healing Mm -hmm. and there's something really deeply spiritual about that, but there's also a physiological aspect to speaking. Tell us. Yeah, right? Um, Becca's very Speaking out loud. (laughs) I know I'm like a closet neuroscientist. Um, It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking something out loud actually creates different neuropathways that allow us to process trauma that allow us to process hurt hmm. and um, and process that in a way that kind of removes some of the emotion part of it, or at least moves it to a different part of the brain so that we can move through something. Hmm. And so uh, when I had learned that scientific tidbit, I was like, man, how beautiful is God? Yes, there's a spiritual component, which is so deeply beautiful of mm-hmm. receiving wholeness and healing, but also speaking it out loud actually physically changes Mm-hmm. my brain and how it's wired to process an event or a hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Have you read or listened to Carolina Leaf's um, book on brain? I Car- Caroline Leaf is my girl crush. She, it's a whole book on that. Matt and I listened to it on a trip, but it's a book and it talks all about that and about how our like being angry and bitter and withholding forgiveness actually creates like what she says are like minuscule, like mushrooms on your brain that mm. start to take over. And then you literally can't think not in a negative way. It's like fascinating. You have, I'm going to buy it for you. Okay. You have to do it. Because <laughs> she, has a, she has a new book. Too. You'll love it. I um, have about four books I'm in right now. Maybe I'll put that on my list, but I, it sounds fascinating. Yeah. And it's, Lisa even talked about that in one of her chapters that she said that if she wouldn't have released or learned what forgiveness looked like mm-hmm. in this process, she said, it literally would have killed me because in one of the seasons of the deepest stress, she went yeah. to the hospital yeah. and was in, you know, and just that, that story of like, oh my gosh, the stress and mm-hmm. the anxiety yeah. that gets held in, um, it does something physical to our bodies too. And we just, okay. we don't always know or see what that looks like, but well, and that, takes that's why toll. in this season, I just, I, and, and I know this because I was living it, you mm. know, of just how many things are related to offense and unforgiveness mm. that we don't, we don't even correlate. Yeah. You know what I yep. mean? Like, and so that's why I think I feel so passionate about women really pressing into this and figuring out like, what, what do I have to do? Yeah. What do I have to do to forgive? What do I have to do to ask for forgiveness so that, so that there can be healing and a, and a peace, even if it's not reconciliation. Um, you know, I just, well, there's a difference there, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I, I have, through this process, I have been doing this work. I'm not just saying, hey, everyone, go do this. I have been asking God, show me areas, show me people. I recently reached out to somebody and we're, we're not probably going to be hanging out ever again. We're not going to be reconciled, but we found a genuine peace with one another. Mm. And I feel a physical Release almost. Yeah, like release, relief, whatever yep. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I think that women are heavy. I think, and I don't mean physically <laughs> heavy. That's <laughs> not work. I meant. I was processing. We know, Cam. We know. The room just got really quiet. Um, like we're heavy burdened. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We're our hearts are getting hardened. We're which then makes us more easily offended, which makes us yes. more angsty, which makes us more offended, which makes us more offensive. It's just this nasty cycle. And I feel like at some point it's like the enemy started this, but he, now he's sitting back with popcorn watching us do it to 100%, ourselves. 100%. And so that's why I, I, I'm just so, I love these conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about women saying, what does it look like for me to cultivate forgiveness? Um, and what do I have to do? You know, cause yeah. I'm at that place now where if I feel myself getting all angsty with someone, I'm trying to catch myself because I don't want to start being super offended. I don't want, I don't want to feel heavy anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't care what you did to me. Like that's between you and the Lord. But that is like you talked uh, a couple weeks ago. That is what it looks like to grow spiritually. When you say it's, I don't care what you did to me. mm -hmm. That's between you and God. Yeah. There's also a real thing that I think we have to hold on to and remember when someone needs our forgiveness for us, you know, to withhold it, for us to uh, not, you know, extend what they're asking mm-hmm. for, we are invalidating the work of God in their lives. Mm. If God mm-hmm. is moving us in this journey of forgiveness and what it looks like, and to humble ourselves, mm-hmm. to ask for it, to put ourselves in a posture of humility, I was wrong, I'm sorry. When we don't acknowledge that or affirm that, mm-hmm. we, we invalidate the work that he's doing mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to imagine we're held responsible for that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Because if they're like, Ouch. man, I have, well, I, have, I, have a lot of forg- I, I forgive you. I forgive you. I, forgive you. <laughs> I feel convicted about my sin. So I'm supposed to confess my sin and now I'm supposed to forgive. Um, that that's what it looks like. And, and truthfully, it's this idea that we're living out the gospel that we claim to love. Right. You know, it's to be forgiven and then to forgive. And, and that's, that's, again, we go back to this idea that this is really hard work, but we have to also move past the head knowledge of, yeah, I forgive you. It's fine. And, and inside, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're dead to me. And I hope I never see you again, but it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, let me ask you this really quick, Becca, yes. before we wrap up and I, we went a little long on time, but this has been super good so and good. I don't care that we went long. So <laughs> we used to go super long, so it still feels short to me. Um, what is something that you know now in regards to forgiveness that you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? Like, what do you know now that you wish you knew then as pertains to forgiveness? Yeah, I... I mean, it's probably something you've talked about before, but that forgiveness is not about, forgiveness is more about releasing judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who knows what is right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, for ourselves and right, everybody right, for else. For myself they, and for everybody else. just do things right, honestly. Um, <laughs> why can't they? Why can't they just follow the rules and do what's right? Because under- rules were made to be broken. Exactly. <laughs> Says the Enneagram eight at the table. Um, I'm I can't remember where, where. Yeah, um, that forgiveness is about releasing the judgment to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to sit in that seat of judgment, actually, because you know I think about it, some of the places where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm glad I'm not in leadership. I have to make that decision. That sounds like a real hard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like you know the school district and what they had to do during COVID, or what mm-hmm. our church had to do, what kind of decisions we had to make to take care of people in that in that season. You know, I can say things like that. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. But me holding on to forgive unforgiveness means that I'm the one sitting in the seat of judgment mm-hmm. and for me to release that to God and, and then to say, it's actually okay 
if God then extends grace to that person Mm. and to release that to the Lord Mm -hmm. and to say like, I'm not the judge. I'm not the one to sit in the seat of judgment. Um, I don't want that job Mm -hmm. because if I have to judge this, I got to be in charge of this. I I have to be in charge of something else. I don't want, I don't want that job. So yeah. Yeah. My take on that is, well, first of all, I usually do want to be (laughs) the person in judgment. (laughs) What I want is to not want that when I do, but I think that's probably why there's also the passage in scripture that says you'll be judged mm-hmm. to the measure which you judge. Yeah. And that's what I don't want even exactly. more is I'm exactly. like, I'm over here like judging everybody. And then I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to point the finger. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that's what I would say is to just, I, I remember that and that's yeah. why because that just gets me every time. But what I want is to not want to be in the seat of judgment. But the truth is I probably do want it most of the time. Sure. Well, and it just comes down to that forgiveness, me forgiving somebody else is more about my healing than anything else. Yes. Yep. Yep. That'd be the bottom line. I I think think that's, I think you just nailed it. That's, that's what I wish I knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for being on the Cultivate podcast today. And I love this suit super real conversation Mm -hmm. and thank you Becca for being so real about what you're going through Mm -hmm. and you know we just love you and we're here with you and we're just sorry about just the harmful place like that hurtful place you've been through but also can see what a work God's done in you as you've pressed into him and done that hard work which is really hard but we love you so much and just thank you for taking your time to be here on top of all of the other jobs, both of you. Melody is running this town basically around here these days. So I'm like, she's like, when am I on? I'm like, well, when can you be on? You're so busy all the time. But um, these conversations, I hope that they're blessing you guys. Um, but more than that, I actually hope that they're helping you to be real with yourself. Yeah. That they're causing you to go, where is forgiveness harming me mentally, mm-hmm. personally, relationally, spiritually? And physically. And um, where can I change? Because I want God's best for you. And withholding forgiveness. And again, it it doesn't mean that you're saying the hurt was okay. There's some hurt. There are some offenses that are never okay. They're wrong. But what it does do is release you from carrying it and lets God do that so that you can live your life. And then there's some offenses that we're stupid about and we don't need to be offended about, (laughs) honestly. And then there's some offended there's some offenses and unforgiveness that we have where we're, we're maximizing what other people did in it and minimizing what we did. Yeah. And so it, it's not, it's not a cookie cutter one, one solution fits all. But I think as we at least pursue being intentional about looking at these situations, where are some relationships in the in the in your past that maybe you can find peace with by saying I'm sorry I hurt you like if I knew now what I knew then I hopefully I would have acted more mature or yeah. been better or whatever yeah. where can you find some peace even if you don't find like best friends again or or friends again but find that peace um, and then where can you find peace with God and then also I'm trying to end every episode just saying reminding you that 
like Melody said, God is doing a work in other women around you. And, and they may, if they come to you, are you in a place that mm-hmm. you are ready to forgive them? Mm-hmm. So we will talk about this next time. And I hope you guys, I hope we didn't scare you guys off after <laughs> however many weeks we've been doing this now. But remember that as you cultivate forgiveness, it is not an easy work, but it is a good one. So yeah. thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard today, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc slash discussion. You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook or by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry at Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archived sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief Podcast where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find your podcasts. Friends, until we meet again, here or in person, remember, cultivate kindness. Thank you.